Hello and welcome to Holy Smokes Podcast. How's it going, buddy? Going pretty good. Um, I'm already gonna call you out that Ooh. you owe me an apology for. Why do I owe you an apology? Because I said it right. Uh, which which one? A barone? I'm not backing <laughs> um, down no. from that. I will one day find that bishop and I will <laughs> give him one. You know, it's easy enough because he's one of the, um, I think, auxiliary bishops of L.A. So oh, perfect. He's in SoCal. I'll so be, are you. Go I'll find be him. There. I'll be there next week, <laughs> wherever he is. And I'm going to give it Bishop to him Baron. and he'll be like, what's this? And I'll be like, uh, let's do the Holy Smokes podcast and you'll find out. Yeah. <laughs> You're quite po- you've become quite popular. Um, yeah. <laughs> no, I was right about that. He's the actually DJ. pretty... Yeah, dude. Okay, so you're right about that, but I was I'm definitely right about Bishop Barron. Yeah. <laughs> I'm not gonna he's lie about that one. Pretty famous. I don't know. Oh yeah, I guess. I guess he's a pretty big yeah. deal. Yeah, he's yeah, he's sort of a big deal. <laughs> well but then again, so are all the all the bishops of our church, amen. True. But yeah. he's just, you know, famous. I guess yeah, he's famous. Yeah, I consider him definitely famous in the Catholic yeah. world. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, uh, he's he's super big on like the new evangelization and stuff. Um, mm. So, yep. Uh, so, what are we drinking tonight, Nate? I made a Negroni tonight. A little different. What'd you call me? I... <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I walked into that one. No, it's it, it's called a Negroni. It's um, one of my favorite drinks, and one of mm. the one of the first ones that I learned to make. It's basically okay. gin, Campari, and uh, vermouth. What's Campari? Um, if I grab this bottle right next to me, um, how so convenient! Like all, th- all three of those ingredients are—it's all—it's all, it's all uh, liquor, basically. Um, mm-hmm. Campari is a—it's a bitter liquor, um, used mostly in in Negronis, and I believe it comes from Italy, like it has its origins in Italy. Yeah, and um, when I was in when I was in Greece, I when we went to a, went to a like a little beachside bar, and yep. it, it was it was like kind of nice, and they had like their standard little like menu and their whatever drinks that there were, and so mm-hmm. I've started to make it a point to start ordering Negronis uh, wherever after you go. This, after yeah, after this happened because. They didn't, it wasn't on the menu, but I was curious. And so, like, I asked the, the waiter, I was like, hey, like, could the bartender make me a Negroni? And he kind of looks at me weird, and he's like, I can ask, but I'm not sure. And so he goes, and he asks, and he comes back, and he's like, yeah, uh, he can make it for you. And so I was like, perfect, great. So we got ordered the rest of our food, and then a few minutes later, uh, the bartender Something actually walks up to us. <laughs> and he with the oh, drink cool. in his hand and he says, Who ordered the, the Negroni? And I'm like, ah, guilty. And he says, Oh, you uh you know how to drink. And I said, Guilty? <laughs> Boy do I <laughs> <laughs> And so we, we got to talking in and he was like, Oh, you know, what are you guys doing here? Um, on your honeymoon. You know, yeah, and uh, where are you guys from? And so we were chatting and he says, Hey, you know, oh, well we're having a little show here tonight. Uh, you know, you guys are free to come by and just, you know, watch a show, have a you know, have some food and drinks and we we're like, Okay, cool. And so we did, like we came back later that night and we we come in like through the beach side. Mm-hmm. And we we see him. His name was Giannis. I remember his name. Giannis. That's like, a Giannis, hey. dope name. And he's like, oh hey, come come sit down. And so we, we we sat at one of the tables. We were next to like a British couple, 
And I know that because Nadine likes to play uh, a game of hers where she, if she hears a, a if an accent that she's not really familiar with, she's gonna try to guess it. She'll ask. Oh, she'll she'll, she'll just guess. guess it. And then <laughs> as to kind of like make conversation with people, she'll ask like, "Hey, you know, can I ask you where you're from? I I think I have an idea, but I just want to see if it's true." And so that's funny. So we got to know like the British family next to us, and then after like. The, the shows were going on and the performances we were looking around and people like one were significantly older than us and then <laughs> we noticed like people were you know getting up and leaving but they weren't leaving like through the beach side that we came in they were leaving mm-hmm. like through the resort side and we noticed that mm-hmm. there was a resort and we're like I don't think we're supposed to be here I think this is mm-hmm. for people who stay at the resort not just like people mm-hmm. who just walk by yeah yeah and he was like what do so we do snuck in i think we snuck in but i was like but Giannis <laughs> told us to come here like <laughs> but Giannis said it, like, it all started with the negroni that's what started this whole thing <laughs> and so we stayed for the whole thing and at the end of the night uh Giannis comes in he and we're, we're talking with the british family and he says oh like did you enjoy it and you know we had it we, we were chatting and stuff and then i i lean in i say hey um I like to order like a round of drinks for everybody. There's it's like these mm-hmm. little tiny little shots called Rocky. It's not like you don't mm-hmm. take it like a shot, but it's like a digestive kind of thing. But it's definitely it's an shot. aperitif. Yes. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And he's like, sure. And so he brought it, and uh, he's like, don't worry, like I'll like this one's on me. But you have to. Giannis is Giannis is the dude. He, he he hooked it up. The thing is, nice. is that he said you have to drink it all. Oh. And we were like, Giannis sure. Is... Giannis and, is out to party. Yeah. And it was like, it was this raspberry liqueur. And it was so smooth, but we kept pouring shots and it just didn't seem to end. I honestly, I can't remember <laughs> what this container looked like, but it must have been made out of magic because it was bottomless. <laughs> so were, were Jesus multiplied loaves? You're yeah, over here okay. multiplying it was, it was literally raspberry aperitifs. Yeah, that's, that's literally <laughs> happened. I was like, oh, I, think I'm, I think I'm performing my first miracle tonight. And um, It'll be like part of the cause for your canonization is your, your we're gonna, ability we're to We're going to have to remember, remember this. If we look back at all the pictures and it's just like a tiny little like teacup, then we know. <laughs> Um, but it was like it was enough for like four like pe- like or for all of us to have like four each and thank god that our where we stayed at was literally across the street because towards the end like we're like Giannis thank you very much but I don't think we're ever going to do this again <laughs> <laughs> thank you Giannis but no thank you Giannis so wherever you are Giannis, Giannis you're out this the one's world. for you thank you very much we had the best time cheers Thanks to you <laughs> Cool. So what? What? So you're having a Negroni then? Yeah. Cool. That was a very long way to say you're having a Negroni. Thank and, you. Yeah. But now I like to go to places and order that drink and then see what happens. Yeah, because things happen when you. Note to self and to our listeners: things happen when you order Negronis. Yep. And if you don't know what a Negroni is, go look it up, and then people will assume that you know how to drink. Yeah. <laughs> you might you might get uh, free uh, performances or something. I don't know. And yeah, and meet cool people. Nate, be honest. Mm-hmm. Yep. So I so last time Nate, I was talking about. Oh yeah, like the other day I tried this Irish whiskey and I it's Conor McGregor's whiskey and I I think no I definitely know that I said Founders uh, Twelve. I said that that was a name. Uh, I'm wrong. I sort of like how you kept saying Bishop Barone. Um, <laughs> 
so found it. Yeah, I, I, I found out that I was wrong. So the, the proper name mm. of the whiskey mm. is Proper 12. Oh, how proper. Yeah, proper indeed. So it's an it's an Irish whiskey. Um, uh, it is uh, co-owned or maybe just owned by uh, Conor McGregor, and it's distilled, aged, and bottled in Ireland Ooh. for a minimum of three years. Again, this is like not a super high end whiskey. I got it at um, Total Wine. It might have been on sale for like twenty bucks. Oh, okay. But for twenty bucks, that's not bad. It's pretty good. Yeah, for it doesn't bucks. burn your throat coming down. Ah. And there's not a lot of like complexity to it. It's nice mm. and easy, mm. um, but it's smooth. So uh, I don't know. And then on top of that, uh, I think what he does is proper twelve. They they will donate up to a, a yeah. So we're honored to share this with you and proud to donate to our first responders for every bottle sold. Oh, so actually, that's uh, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So uh, I, I assume it's the first responders in Ireland. But I think they're going. Um, I read somewhere that it was up to a million dollars each year really? will be donated to first responders. So at the very least, if you're buying this bottle, you're having a good drink, you know, and you're helping out, donating first, um, helping the cause to uh, donate to first responders. That's that's really cool. I I can definitely appreciate that. So yeah. Nice. So cheers to Conor McGregor and to first responders. Good. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> thank you. <laughs> All right, Nate. Yeah. So today is, you know, it's funny because like um, last time it was, uh, we were talking about St. Francis because it, it was his feast day. Today's yep. another feast day too. Sure is. Sure yeah. is. You want to tell us a little bit about it? I, I'm being really self-conscious because I'm like, am I going to chop <laughs> up this name? I've gotten super self-conscious now about how I pronounce <sighs> things. Uh, today uh, is the feast of St. Don Bosco. Um you probably would know a lot more about him, but um, yeah. I, I know I know from, from from what I know about him is because like my um, my confirmation date was Saint Dominic Savio, who is um, who went to the the school that uh, Don Bosco uh, brought in um, mm-hmm. uh, young uh, young boys to you know teach him in the in the ways of the faith. Uh, mm-hmm. He was I know that uh, Dominic Savio was you know very adamant and very well. Uh, trained in like altar serving and liturgy and that was something that i really mm-hmm. liked about him um, yeah but uh, saint don bosco uh, he has a man he has a lot of books um i think i, I had a f- I'm trying to remember uh one of the ones that i read uh, it was one of them was uh the 40 dreams of saint don bosco is that is that the yeah name of it? so he didn't i don't think did he write that i don't well, i don't think he wrote it but i it's like a compilation of his books or of his uh dreams oh. Yes. Yeah. 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 And mm-hmm. some of them were, were, you know, were really interesting. I, and I remember. And some of them were we really it. scary. Yeah, really ter- terrifying. And I remember <laughs> we did uh, a couple of those skits in uh, in youth ministry, yeah. and um, those are those are kind of terrifying. And once in a while, during for confirmation, when we bring up like uh, mortal sin or something like that, I'll mm-hmm. I'll go and like try to find that story again, where he talks about how um, he was basically like shown uh mm-hmm. the the scape of hell and how the devil mm-hmm. you know snares uh people and yeah. it's it's a pretty detailed description and um i, I usually it's a scary description <laughs> yeah i usually do that story at least once a yeah. year for my classes mm-hmm. and um so he's 
I didn't know this, but he's um he's the patron of apprentices, uh, editors and publishers, school children, magicians, yeah. and juvenile delinquents. And uh, the last one is interesting, juvenile delinquents, because he lived in a time where there were a lot of um, there weren't a lot of child labor laws in Italy, mm-hmm. and so a lot of these children were like sort of in these really hard situations and and um, having to work to like help provide for their family, and, yeah. and some of these kids would be in like really harsh conditions. Um, simply because they had no other option but to work. Uh, St. John Bosco uh, started what uh, is called an oratory, so a little, basically a school for, for boys, and there he, he invited these boys to come and to stay with him, um, to learn the faith, uh, also to learn different apprenticeships, so mm-hmm. um, uh, tailoring or, or shoemaking or things like that, mm-hmm. that that would happen within his oratory. I like him, and I think you and I really found an affinity with him because he was really, really, really good with youth. Yeah. And um, and uh, so us and in our background of youth ministry really sort of admired his zeal for young ones and and for uh, drawing them closer to our Lord by very practical but also very spiritual means. Yeah. yeah. Yes, he was practical, but he also was a big proponent of you know receiving communion and going to confession and being part of what he called sodalities, which were sort of um, groups of people dedicated to a particular spirituality or, yeah. or expression of the faith. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. And the, so going back on the dreams that you talked about, um, some people would say that they weren't dreams, they were really visions. But in his humility, he would say that, hey, I had this dream, and he would share it to the, the boys in his oratory when in fact it was really maybe a vision. Um, there's a um, a group of uh, um, uh, a group of um, religious uh, Salesians mm. uh, who were founded by Saint John Bosco. Mm. So John Bosco founded the Salesians, mm. and he also had a great devotion to Saint Francis de Sales, who we talked about last week. Yep. So it all it, it all comes together. It all comes together. It all comes together. Yeah. Yeah. Um it, I mean he's he's super worth looking into especially if, you know, for um for those who are involved in youth ministry or, or want to learn about a really cool saint. So definitely look into him and uh, another one of his staple um sort of visions is the vision of um the blessed mother and this on this pillar and of uh, the the Eucharist on another pillar and the church it is sort of shown as this boat right. and it's in the midst of this storm and uh, this tribulations and a lot of these things uh, this the boat which is the the church is anchored on these two pillars the Mary help of Christians as the title in which he has a devotion to to the mm-hmm. Blessed Mother Mary help of Christians and then the other pillar which is the Holy Eucharist. Yeah. Yeah. Cool. So, um, I did something. <laughs> no, so I was uh, I was on my. I think I had mentioned in our, our first podcast that I I have a um, an Instagram account that I sort of like a Catholic kind of new evangelization sort of thing, uh-huh. and his Catholic husband, and I've been sharing on that Instagram account that hey, like we started this podcast, things like that, and on a story today, I was like, um, you know, hey, we're recording a podcast today any ideas on things you want to talk about so i thought that maybe we could nate we could sort of like 
tack this on to the beginning of our podcast yeah. and maybe answer a few questions or a few suggestions of things people want to hear. Yeah, sure. Thoughts? Sure. Let's do that. Let's do that. Yeah. So, uh, and this is sort of like, we haven't really prepared <laughs> like any responses <laughs> for this. Uh-huh. So um, it'll be fun to see what happens. Okay. We could always edit it if we don't like our answers. <laughs> Just kidding. We're not editing. Maybe. All right. So the first question um, was not really a question, but um, asking like um, to really speak of the importance of faith mm-hmm. or men, um, either or, I think, uh, being the foundation for the family and being the bedrock of society. Hmm. So do you want to speak to that a little bit, Nate? Um, yeah, yeah, yeah. I can, and and I feel like, for one, this is a, this is a much larger topic. Yeah. Uh, that we definitely could, we we could probably dedicate an episode to this. So, just mm-hmm. speaking freely on on just that. Um, I mean, what I can say is that I feel, I feel like, where we kind of are in in our world today. Um, I, just just from kind of the things that I've seen and um, you know I feel like sometimes men don't don't take up like a, as much responsibility as as we could you know mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, but I also feel like that's kind of just also something to do with the way things are like I feel like just kind of people in general don't really take as much responsibility as like generations prior i guess you know mm-hmm. um so i, I mean it, i i kind of don't feel feel like it's just a uh um like just men sometimes i feel like it's just society as a whole i guess mm-hmm. don't really mm-hmm. take a whole lot of responsibility for uh things that other generations had done prior and yeah, yeah. um and, and that could be, you know, the result of a lot of things. I do feel like, um, you know, definitely, like, men could definitely step up our game as far as, like, um, I don't know, just maybe being respectful. Uh, I mean, just, yeah. just to speak f- just just off the top of my head. Um, one thing that, like, um, I, I think that there's, like, a... Definitely a bad stigma about like men, and that I feel like it's always been like that, where like kind of guys just don't um, uh, just kind of use women or kind of like maybe uh, aggressive or mean or whatever or not like really respectful or don't mm-hmm, really honor mm-hmm. women, and I think that really stands out. Like I feel like a, like sometimes men don't really like honor women as much as they deserve to be or, or as much as they sh- mm-hmm. or as much as we should, um, and. And I, I feel like, yeah, we, we can definitely do more. And it has a lot to yeah. do with maybe the way that we definitely treat them. Like, um, it's really sad to see, like, today, even, like, today, like, if, you know, guys just, like, you know, hooking up with, like, a bunch of girls, right? And it's, yeah. like, this bad thing. And, it, and it's so easy now. Right, because you have like a lot of apps that can, you know, let people have access to that. Sure. Uh, you know, like Tinder and stuff like that, uh, where mm-hmm, it just mm-hmm. makes it so easy and so like convenient. But the problem is that, like, it doesn't require much effort to do that. Therefore, right. Um, like it kind of makes guys kind of lazy to actually try to acquire somebody that is actually worth it, and yeah, yeah. and making the 
effort to do that. Like when I was going through courting um, my wife, like it, it was not, it was not at all like how a lot of people have it today. Like we had, like we, when we went on dates, those were group dates and those dates involved her brothers and sisters. Okay. Right. Right. Like that, like that's how it was. And it wasn't like, Mm -hmm. like invite them, like just to see if they want to hang out. It was like, no, they were chaperones. Yeah. 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 (laughs) I mean, but, but here's the thing, like it was cool because like it definitely made me work towards it. Yeah, absolutely. And And you know, like, you know, I, I also feel like too, like I got to know her siblings, her family. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. what better way to know somebody than the people who are closer to them? And we yeah. don't really do that as much anymore because mm-hmm, we, mm-hmm. we've kind of just focused like on that one person individually. And then if we don't like that person, we can just easily just swipe yeah. away from that person. And yeah, so swipe I left. Like, I feel like it's a, it's a whole lot of things, you know. And, yeah. you know, having faith and having a firmly rooted faith is, is such mm-hmm. a big, is a huge thing because... I feel like if you have a really strong faith, you 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 might be might be less inclined to seek, you know. Yeah, that's a little dangerous to say, though, right? Isn't it? Because like we might be, might yeah. be. Um, but I think it's harder. It's definitely a little bit harder now because it's kind of what people have grown up with now. Yeah. And I kind of yeah. feel bad for like a lot of the younger ones because mm-hmm. like when I tell them my story on how like the I younger ones, life, like they <laughs> laugh mm-hmm. and they're like, what the heck? Like, are you serious? And I'm like, yeah, man. Like, yeah. What do you mean? Like, what do you Dude. mean? Am I serious? Yeah. So, so like, it's, it's funny because I had always equated, um, you know, like, and, and maybe we're just romantics. We have to acknowledge that. Maybe you and I are just like, I watch a lot of boy. We, <laughs> yeah, we have like a, a this very romanticized idea of of how men should woo women. I don't think that that's the case. I think that that's mm. proper, and I think that I think that um, that there's a certain virtue to that courage mm-hmm. to kind of muster up the oh yeah high, yeah, yeah definitely right. And so um, in my the way whenever I spoke in youth groups, you know, it was more like you know that was if if you were a guy and there was a girl that you wanted to say hi to, especially for like me, me, this dorky little Asian kid in like in high school or in college, like the dragon that I had to slay, Uh, right. Was my own fear was my own self-consciousness. Like I was trying to be like, Oh, like what do I say? Should I say hi? Should I not? And like, you know, like even with Anne, with my wife now, it took me (laughs) like, dude, it took, it took, seven years for a first date it took seven years i don't know if um maybe she just gave up and was like fine no she definitely hopefully uh, i guess (laughs) but like the the uh taking that out in in today's sort of dating scene is taking out sort of the work that really one filters out the guys you know who aren't like willing to like put themselves Mm -hmm. and sacrifice even their own egos for the sake of someone who they think is yeah, worth it, yeah, yeah. right? But second is, to a certain extent, that does really show the worth. And and to be fair, and I'm I'm not speaking like it's only defined by this, right? It it a woman's worth is not defined by whether or not a man is hit, but like it, yeah. it is a affirmation of that worth. Mm-hmm. Is that fair to say? Mm, no. I think so. 
Yeah, maybe we can we can it talk about be, that. I later. mean, it, it might be a hit or miss with some people. Yeah, um, because yeah. I like that's. I I feel like it's gonna vary from person to person sure. in their experiences. Sure. Yeah. Um. But so and so. But like the, on that same vein, though, with regard to like the faith being the foundation of the family. Yeah. And it's also important to like make sure that like if you want it to be the foundation of the family that you're gonna start. You have to make sure it's the foundation of the, the relationship that you have currently. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's yeah. hard for people to be like, oh, yeah, like I want to I want to have like a, a husband who practices the faith with me or a wife who practices the faith with me. But when you're dating, the faith isn't actually practiced at all. It's not like on your wedding day, you suddenly turn Catholic, no, right? No, no. <laughs> so and you feel, have to like... And I feel like people think like once we're married, we're going to every day and we're gonna go to mass every day and and that's like not how it happens like right off the bat like yeah you know like that's that that's a very nice and romantic idea but that's not like how it always is because then it's like oh yeah like i have to work and like i have to mm-hmm. do all these things and like you have to try to like now you know work in your your time of prayer alongside right. somebody else's you know and that right. can definitely be challenging i definitely like think that yeah like um, I feel like sometimes, like, as far as faith goes and being, like, that bedrock and that foundation, like, I feel like, yeah, guys could definitely, you know, take a, you know, a step forward in that. Um, Not only definitely, we should and we must. Yeah. You know, like, as, as, as in the way that St. Joseph sort of did that. and. Mm-hmm. St. Joseph is such a great example because he lived in a he lived in a household where he was literally with between the three of them was the lowest like right had the lowest as far as in in the order of like creation even right because yeah. you have the incarnate word yeah you have you have the blessed mother yeah whether or not you believe of like any of the things attributed to the blessed mother by the mere fact that Jesus had chosen her, her to be the mother, puts her in a pretty high place yeah. just by that, yeah. right? And then you have Saint Joseph, yeah. and yet here we hear in the, in in the in the Bible that you know even Jesus was subject to them, right? Meaning subject to Saint Joseph, yeah. right? And so Saint Joseph is there, being the head of this household spiritually and materially in all yeah. these ways, to technically a a a. Uh, a room full of people who were higher in the in the yeah. order of creation than him. Yeah. So that it's a great and perfect example of that, I think. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely. So yeah, I mean, to kind of like answer that question, I guess, um, yeah, definitely, you know, men definitely take a you know step up. Yeah. Better. Step up, boys. Yeah. <laughs> um, all right, cool. And then so the next one was how we got here, and so uh, how did we get here, and how. Uh, do we discern on the everyday so like how do we sort of make decisions and discern what to do on the everyday you want to try and tackle that in maybe 30 seconds or less go um (laughs) i just wake up (laughs) no like i think i think sometimes that is that that's even hard but um it I, i know for sure it has to be it has to be a firm decision every day whether yeah. it's like subconscious or not, like it, it has to be a firm decision to to start off your day 
proper by waking up and not doing what a lot of people do, which I'm guilty. Check of their most phone. Most of the time, is checking my phone. Yeah. And um, I'm really, really trying not to do that as much anymore. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. I, I think I was kind of mentioning it in, my, in the last episode where, like, trying to start my day by reading that uh, St. Francis de Sales book. But part of that is, like, not checking the phone. It's just mm-hmm. let me let me make it to this book where it has just a just a passage, and that's it. Like if I yeah. can't do that, then something is something is wrong. You know, there's something you know. There's something even simpler than that. Um, if like I would say that even like the very first act, like so for example, um, Anne and I when we wake up at the same time. Like, just together, the very first thing that you can do, just saying a prayer, like, right oh, yeah, away yeah, to, like, yeah. kick off and start the day. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Um, a morning offering is important, yeah, uh, yeah. or a Hail Mary. But then continuing it throughout the day, like, mm-hmm. uh, starting off your morning right then with, like, that reading or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, uh, th- those those little things really, really, really help. Mm-hmm. Um, if If I'm able to at work... I'll try to, you know, I, I, I'm I'm fortunate because I have, I have like an office where I can close a door. If I can get a moment to just like stop. And what I do is I got a, um, I have a Mary Mother of God um, little card that I keep nice. like on my corkboard. Mm, and, mm, cool. And it has like a tiny little like uh, single decade rosary that I made. And I like, kind of keep it there. And if I'm just, able to just look at that for a few moments and just be like yeah. okay this is like what i can offer what i can give and admittedly i'm not i'm not always like on it as much as i should mm-hmm. like in my head I, I try to i'll like i'll try to keep it in line with um like certain times of day so like the angelus at 12 and then if um like i'm not in some sort of meeting like i'll go like to like three o'clock for like the hour of mercy to yeah. kind of take that moment also. Um, and then if I'm on my way home, then I'll try to, you know, do something at around like six o'clock. So kind of like in those, like the, like those divine moments of time, I think is really yeah. Im- important to do because it's just like yeah. a nice little, like just check to kind yep. of like check myself, make sure I'm doing okay. Mm-hmm. If not, okay, yeah. what happened? And I need to you yeah. know, probably prove yeah, and you know, like, I think that's important because sort of seeping your day in prayer, because the question really was, like, how you discern, how you discern things, you know, yeah. daily and, like, throughout. The, and if you seep yourself in prayer consistently and constantly, like, mm-hmm. placing yourself, what that really is doing is placing yourself in the presence of our Lord in prayer, um, then it becomes easier to discern the will of God and to discern what you should be doing or should right. not be doing. Because prayer does a lot of things, you know. It's a lifting, like St. Um, Therese says, it's a lifting of up of our hearts and minds to God. Yeah. Um, but it's also, um, it helps us to form or reform mm-hmm. our wills and our intellect uh, to be ordered towards our Lord. Right. So um, doing those things like saying the angelus or the um, you know at three o'clock saying the divine mercy prayer or if you have time the chaplain mm-hmm. um having holy images around you that, those are all great things i know I, I think i i don't know if actually i don't know if i shared it with you nate i bought a um i i've had this like extra growing devotion to saint joseph and i know you've always mm-hmm. had a devotion to saint joseph 
Um, but I bought this um, statue of Sleeping Saint Joseph. Oh, I have one too. Do you? Yeah, yeah I have one too. Where is it at? Uh, well, I, I keep it here. I guess. Yeah, so it's a okay, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I definitely need to get one for the home as well. Mm-hmm. But I, I have one, and I put it right underneath my monitor. Oh, okay. At my cool. desk. That's cool. And the reason why, and like, I was really like, I was like talking to to Anne about it one day, and like, it sort of just struck me, like, you know, like Saint Joseph is the patron saint of workers, mm-hmm. right? But he received all his inspiration and all his sort of insights and communication from God while he was resting while he was sleeping so although we might be like steeping ourselves in like work and like the busyness of day to day are you saying you should sleep at work if i mean literally dude that we we have a meditation room and sometimes oh, meditation mind. room is a nap room this, but anyways this, uh, this podcast is over <laughs> or it's just starting um but like to take a moment you know but to like rest in our lord um mm-hmm. You know, and like little things like that. So that that yeah. that statue underneath my monitor is a reminder that hey, you might be working hard, but always rest in God. Yeah. Do you know and what I mean? I, and I think that's that's really important because, in I and I feel like this applies to all walks of life. We live in a very fast paced world right now, mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. we just don't take enough time to really slow down because we feel like we have to like get things done at yeah. certain times. Which yeah, sometimes we do. But yep. we also really can't forget that, yeah, like, we have to kind of slow down sometimes so that we can, you know, remember where we are and yeah. who we serve and what we're doing all of this for. Right. You know, It sort of and, centers us back on, like, the reason yeah, yeah, of it yeah. all. It, exactly. It gets us, like, right back on, like, yeah. on, the, on the track. Yeah, absolutely. Cool. Um, so, like... That was sort of the f- second part of that question, like how we discern on the everyday. I think the first part of like uh, how we got here, um, I again, like a lot of these questions really can be their own episodes, but I think we eventually uh, will make an episode of like sort of our conversion or reversion story. Maybe one day I'll be just interviewing you, Nate, and you'll share it. And then on a separate episode, like you can interview me and I can do like my five minute like share and then we can just continue <laughs> like my story isn't that long <laughs> um and then and then i'll uh, i'll mention the parts where i i did not like you oh yeah yeah so just the backstory like n- not to dive too deep into it but like backstory uh neither nathan or my wife <laughs> liked me very much when they first met me they actually Oh, in the God. most Christian way possible, they very much disliked me. <laughs> um, I don't but know if it was Christian or not. It probably but wasn't. I mean... But I def- you guys prayed for me, right? You guys. We pre- did so... actually. Yes, we were like, man. Yeah. <laughs> we'll save that for we'll save that for another podcast. Cool. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but like in line with that, though, like part of our background, like of like after like liking each other. Um, Part of our background uh, was sort of um, something that's coming up this this Friday night, right? Yeah. So first yeah. first Fridays are a big reason why you and I really kind of grew together in our friendship because yeah. we grew in this devotion in, in a group that had a devotion to um to the first Friday first Saturday um, vigils and things like that. Yeah. So this Friday, it's first, first Friday. First Friday. Yeah. And um, for those of you who don't know what first Friday is, um, it's it's a very well known 
it's well known but not well known because it's it's not something that's like as big or well known as like christmas or easter or something like that but mm-hmm. it's something that's that's uh very important in the in the catholic world and it's basically a um like a sacred heart devotion that occurs um on every first friday friday of the month um you might notice when you go to your churches uh you might see something that'll say first friday devotion from this time to this time usually at night mm-hmm. uh some churches will do it all the way like past midnight into the following morning mm-hmm. um but yeah, it just kind of depends on what's going on at, at at your parish. You might see something like that. I'm fortunate. I live down the street from a church that that offers uh, First Friday uh, uh, devotions, and I believe that they do it all the way through the following morning, which is really really nice. But um, basically, um, it started with uh, with Saint Margaret Mary Alico, saying that right? Alico. Alico. Okay. I think I'm not French, so I'm neither, I think we get a pass on that. Neither am I. <laughs> uh, but she was um, a nun of the Visitation Order, uh, and she lived in France in the uh, in the 17th century. And mm-hmm. what was happening is that uh, uh, our Lord would um, make revelations to her about um, his Sacred Heart, and to um, what what it kind of did is it sparked kind of like one of the first devotions to the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and um, one of the one of the promises that he makes uh, is that um, there there were quite a few. And I'm not going to go through all of them. Uh, I highly recommend uh, listeners look up uh, the uh, first Friday devotion. Um, but one thing that he does say is that I promise you in the unfathomable mercy of my heart that my, that my omnipotent love will procure the grace of final penitence for all those who receive communion on nine success, uh, successive first Fridays of the month. They will not right. die in my disfavor or without having received the sacrament since my divine heart will be their sure refuge in the last moments of their life. And so uh-huh. there are, you know, a series of um, just revelations that St. Margaret Mary would receive. And it, um, a lot of it was, yes, these revelations, but also most, mostly about his sacred heart. And that's really where we get it from. Uh, yeah. we, you kind of hear some instances in scripture where, and kind of tradition, and the idea is that um, when Jesus was on the cross um, and, and the uh, soldier pierced his side to confirm that he was dead, that the lance... Um, may have actually pierced his heart in the process, right? Mm-hmm. And so mm-hmm. um, w- w- you, you kind of see some some little connections there. Um, but um, yeah, that's just kind of like a little brief on uh, the origins of, one, the First Friday devotion, and then two, the Sacred Heart of Jesus. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And we should note, and it's important to note, that uh, this uh, desire um, to establish a devotion to the Sacred Heart was in reaction to um, the offenses against our Lord. Right. Uh, right. So at the time, there were many offenses, and, and even to this day, gosh, oh, yeah. if if back then <laughs> was bad, um, uh, different events, offenses, um, I, I not prepared to say what all of them were. I do know some of them were like, for example, um, the... Uh, reception of holy communion by tepid souls yeah, yeah. right a lot of so, a lot of eucharistic desecration going mm-hmm. on. yeah so like so um sins against the sacred heart or sins really against jesus yeah. um uh sort of prompted this particular devotion um to be promulgated by our lord 
through St. Margaret Mary yeah. and um, in order to do reparation for that. Now, reparation is this, right. is this uh, word um, that really what that means is sort of to make um, amends for or, or payment for um, something done, right? Some, yeah, some, it, some offense. Ca- yeah, it's kind of like to ask pardon uh, it's it's more it, it's af it's the act after asking pardon yeah i, right? I think i what i don't want to get people confused for is uh doing this to so that people's like uh, like like sins can be forgiven on the behalf of other people so that they don't have to go to confession that's what i don't right want no, to, like, no, no 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 right it, it it's uh it's a way to mean by these people gosh nate yeah like <laughs> yeah like you're like man i gonna do this sacrifice for jerome yeah uh for making fun of the way that i pronounce things um (laughs) for the so many offenses um but yeah like i don't i don't want people to think or get the idea that if um you know if we do this then this will excuse people from having to go to confession that's not really what we're trying to say here right what it is is like um it's more of the fact that um the 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 classic example given is like hey you know i i i throw a baseball and i break nate's window mm-hmm. okay. right um again <laughs> i'm really bad with baseballs <laughs> and then so i i go to nate's house mm-hmm. and i say sorry and nate says you i forgive you right mm-hmm. that part of this analogy really is for example me as a penitent going to the church to the priest and mm-hmm. saying i have sinned and the sinned the sin being absolved by the priest, right? right? There's still the case of the broken window. And the broken window um, needs to be replaced, needs to be fixed. I mean, I could say sorry all day. The window isn't going to fix itself. Exactly. It's the the actual physical effects or or, um, material effects of sin, right? Mm -hmm. And so in this case, reparation needs to be made for the window by fixing it, paying for it, getting a new window, things like that. Mm-hmm. Reparation in this sense would be sort of paying for the offenses of of these against our Lord, right? right. And so our Lord, in order to receive, um, you would call it consolation. We can talk later about how our Lord, like how it's possible for our Lord to be consoled, because even that, he, if he's God, that's a whole thing. That's a whole thing. Yeah, that well, let's not go down there. But yeah. like in in essence, it's to console that offense. Yeah, uh, to, to our Lord, right? And so these these uh, first Fridays are his way of saying, "Hey guys, like this is this is how I want you guys to fix that window." Mm-hmm. That's really, I mean, that's the best way we can put yeah, it, that's like in, the in best simple way terms. To put it, yeah. The, the, yeah, here's and, the IKEA steps to fix yeah. my window. <laughs> and uh, there's uh, there's just pictures. Uh-huh. <laughs> uh-huh. Um, but if yeah, if if you guys have never been to uh, a first Friday a vigil or devotion, uh, definitely definitely encourage you guys to go. What, what's cool about a lot of these ones too is that they usually offer confession that night, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. there there's just something really incredible about going being able to go to confession and then go to receive communion and go spend time with our Lord in adoration. Um, it it just kind of brings all things together. Yeah, and I mean, even like yes, the the first Friday is a great occasion to go and to go to mass and and confession. Yeah. Um, uh, it isn't the only reason. 
No, uh, no. Although it's, it's a great reason, yeah, <laughs> right? Don't just uh, do that. <laughs> I mean, sort of on that note, and, and as we sort of kind of come to the end of this this podcast, um, I think it's Nate. I think it's start time to start thinking about maybe brainstorming the things that we can do for Lent. You know, yeah. Lent starts uh, in March. Yeah, yeah, yeah we're yeah, coming towards the end, end of January here. Yep. So um, maybe we could, uh, you know, kind of get a feel for for different things that we could do for Lent. Maybe get some ideas from people out there, you know, and and maybe between like our our very like humble listener base, the the two, three, yeah. five people that listen with us, um, we can come up with something that maybe we can all offer during Lent. Yeah, um, definitely. Maybe yeah, like definitely. going to mass, you know, um, when when we can, things like that. Yeah. Yeah. Sounds good. Um. But yeah, so first Friday, uh, we're recording it uh, on Thursday, Thursday, January 31st. So yes. tomorrow, February 1st is first Friday. It yep. would probably have passed already by the time yeah. we post this. Yeah. So, so hopefully some people went by the time this gets posted. Yeah. And if you didn't, uh, there's always March. Or that. Cool. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Um, any last minute announcements, Nate? Um, nah, I think, I think I'm good. Yeah. I think the only thing that I have to add then is, uh, sort of, um, thank you for, again, I'm going to keep thanking a lot of people for all the support and sort of, um, awesome messages and notes that people have kind of reached out and said, Hey, great job guys. Um, uh, thank you for listening in. Uh, Mm -hmm. we are planning on doing a giveaway pretty soon. Um, I'm going to, we're going to make Nate make a rosary or two. Nate's an excellent rosary maker. He's literally known for it. Doesn't do it as often, but, um, we'll make sure to, um, sort of do maybe a a giveaway, uh, in a little while. So just stay tuned to the, um, Instagram, um, to the gram as you crazy kids call it. As you kids (laughs) call it. (laughs) And, um, yeah, stay tuned for that. Cool. All right. And so thank you for listening to the Holy Smokes podcast. Thanks, guys. Bye. Bye.